previously on the journey podcast this is the premiere season three guys it's been like a year and a half since the journey podcast last aired is there something that you want us to maybe address in the upcoming season trying to do things god's way Mm -hmm. but also having to face like the pressure of our culture diving into the male perspective Mm. you know of you're surrounded by estrogen like (laughs) (laughs) don't be pressured to be like oh i don't have money i don't have kids Mm -hmm. your time is your time yes Yes. and god knows what's right for you at the right time so god is telling us that his plans are superior to ours so we should still make plans but we follow his lead on today's episode of the journey podcast what happened to me when i was a little younger the people that were around me they were doing things. They they seen it too that like she doesn't do that kind of thing. But since I was always around, it's like I was just observing, mm-hmm. and then I fell into it. I didn't even realized that I fell mm-hmm. into it. It doesn't feel good, especially if you know that it's something you don't mm-hmm. hold value towards. Mm-hmm. But that's where that debate comes in: the peace of mind that you can have mm-hmm. versus holding on to your own values. Right. In this world, if you lose a friend over something trivial as like, oh, I don't want to go to this party tonight, they weren't really your friend. You are now tuned in. To the journey. You walk with me, I walk with you. Together we face life. Hand in hand, side by side. With Jesus the mastermind. It takes faith, it takes a step to finish a thousand miles. But together, we're in this, and this is called the journey. What's up, everybody? Hope all is well, and welcome back to the Journey Podcast. Today is Friday, October 7th, and this is the second episode of The Journey. We are so excited and so happy that you are back here with us, and a new week has come. If you've been tuning to the show, welcome back, and thank you so much for sticking with us all throughout three seasons of The Journey Podcast. We want to say thank you, and God bless you. But if this is your first time listening and or watching The Journey, let me tell you a little bit about the show. So The Journey is a Christ-based, Bible-based podcast that focuses on anything and everything that has to do with our lives in this generation, such as education, health, career choices, relationships, marriage, courtship, dating. We look for real-life problems. We talk about them and search for real-life solutions in God's Word. And through the testimonies and the stories of others tested and proven, because all we want to do is learn how to walk God's way. Because that's our slogan, guys, walking God's way. New episodes drop every Friday at 3 p.m. If you listen, you can find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and all listening platforms. And if you watch us, you can find us on YouTube. Please subscribe to The Journey Podcast with Karen Siao and hit the notification bell so that you can be notified when new episodes drop. Now let's get into today's show. Today we're talking about how to survive peer pressure. So I'm going to throw the first question and we'll start from here. We'll answer the questions, kind of how we did it last week. What is peer pressure in your own words, in your own definition? It doesn't have to be Webster or Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I'm going first. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think peer pressure is basically like pressure. On your peers? <laughs> <laughs> 
Synonym for pressure? Where is a synonym for pressure? The pressure is getting The pressure is getting wetter. Like when you feel like you're forced to do things that other people are doing. Mm. People around your age, people in your in your generation, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. That's a good definition. How about you tell me? I feel like I would define it as like like coercion you know mm. but i think the, the, the peer pressure yeah. is like the part that makes it uniquely peer pressure is like the part that make you feel bad about not doing mm. like what they're doing mm. and it's like oh well you know you're one of us like come on mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. come on like every every day come on come on like where are we going <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna bring it out Love that um i would say when you kind of want to test the water you just want to see what's gonna happen mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it doesn't look that bad let me just try it right that's mm-hmm. Feel pressured to do it. I would just simply say doing something to fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing something to feel included. Mm-hmm. Yep. Could peer pressure always come from the peers or sometimes from yourself? Like, oh, I see that everybody's doing this and I would like to do it too so I could fit in. Nobody said anything to you, but yeah. I just want to fit in. You guys, what do you guys think about that? I think it definitely can be a mixture of both. A lot of times it does come, or maybe not a lot of times, it could be like an even split, honestly. Like mm-hmm. maybe your friends, even if they plant like a seed one time, it's like, oh, you know, you have to mm-hmm. try it now, but why don't you try it later? Mm-hmm. And then like you're just thinking about it in the back of your head mm-hmm. all the time. Like, what if I did try it? Or, I don't want to just feel like I don't want, like I'm not their friend because I didn't do this thing that they're mm-hmm. asking yeah. me. Once somebody plants the seed, I think your brain just starts overthinking about it all the time. So yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Absolutely. That happened to me when I was a little younger. The people that were around me, they were doing things. They they seen it too that like she doesn't do that kind of thing. But since I was always around, it's like I was just observing, mm-hmm. and then I fell into it. I didn't even realize that I fell mm-hmm. into it. But I don't know. It was kind of weird. Like I wasn't thinking of it as peer pressure, but it just happened. I guess because I was always around them. So yeah, I mean to be honest, I would say a lot of the actions that are done from peer pressure is because you convinced yourself or made yourself reach that point where it's like, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's putting pressure on yourself in mm-hmm. a sense. I'm sure a lot of people, especially young people nowadays have situations or have had situations where they feel like they needed to do something mm-hmm. in order for them to be included or feel welcomed. And to be honest, speaking from my own personal experience, a lot of it is just to have that peace of mind that I'm doing what they're doing so they can't talk about yeah. me. Yeah, they, they can't criticize me. They can't ridicule mm-hmm. me, none of that. It doesn't feel good, especially if you know that it's something you don't hold value towards. Mm-hmm. But that's where that debate comes in. Peace of mind that you can have versus mm-hmm. holding on to your own values. Right. Yeah. So how does one become so confident in what they value mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the point that when they go out into society, they're like, I don't care what you think. This mm-hmm. is me. Mm-hmm. How does one get to that point, especially us believers? There is a really big contrast between us and the world, Mm -hmm. like major. So how do we take that stand and be like, this is what I value. You don't like it. You don't like it. I don't care. How do we do that? (laughs) Big question, right? To be honest. Oh, oh, yeah. You want to go. (laughs) We like this. We like when it's like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just a journey. 
know as no the pun intended. <laughs> That's something that I'm even sure there's people who have been in their faith for years, mm-hmm. people who might even hold positions mm-hmm. in their church and their ministry, but still yeah. they battle with going out into the world and still having to be confident in their faith and all yeah. that. So I think that's something that honestly comes through spending time with God, through yeah. prayer, mm-hmm. through making sure you have the right circle around you. Absolutely. You know, once you have the right circle around you, the pe- people always feeding you positive mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. where other people say it won't even get to you Absolutely. it's like one thing my auntie always tells me she always makes sure that she tells her nieces and her nephews like yo you're beautiful you're handsome mm-hmm. every time affirmations. yeah the affirmations mm-hmm. you know because she says once you keep feeding it into them that's what they're always going to believe yes yes and you know yeah. obviously you don't want to believe it and then allow it to make you prideful mm-hmm. but you want to believe it to where you will never be affected by what other people tell you, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something that yeah. I wish I got when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, Barbara says that a lot. Actually, mm-hmm. what she say, like, she would say that growing up, all she was like, I'm beautiful. She's beautiful. She's mm-hmm. beautiful. So if someone comes to her and they're like, she's ugly, she's like, no, I'm not like, I mm-hmm. definitely know I'm, I'm anything but ugly yeah, because yeah, she's yeah. heard it her whole life. So yep. positive affirmations. Yep. you say would help that environment right yep. that's what she said 100 percent positive affirmations a good support system mm-hmm. prayer yeah you know, as cliche as it yeah. sounds <laughs> it's, it really isn't though like prayer yeah. is everything yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. Right. oh yeah um i think that's one thing that helped me because when i was younger mm, high school people would tell me things oh you're slow you're weak mm-hmm. and i didn't realize it affected me until now like you know some people joke around be like oh my god you're so slow but then it would actually like mm. hit me and so i remember like pastor always used to tell me i need to tell myself mm. like the opposite so i started you know saying affirmations like you said and then coming to church more really helped because like when i come here more and then i hear the word i forget like if somebody asks me oh what they say about you like i don't remember i can't mm. remember because i've been you know, the word has just been coming to me so much that I forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think circle, you know, having a good circle and the affirmations really help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like what you guys were saying is really true. Being confident in your faith mm-hmm. and just knowing that what you're doing is right. Mm-hmm. You don't care about other people saying, oh, they're different. Or yeah. like, you know what you're gaining. Mm-hmm. You're strong in your faith. You're mm-hmm. confident. And what you're doing and what you're choosing not to do mm. so mm. yeah yeah i think my mentality now is it is what it is mm. as i've been growing up going back to the peer pressure like things more in this vicinity of like drugs and like mm. alcohol mm. and like oh won't you come to this party with us and no <laughs> like, <laughs> no i don't want to and it's just hearing it over and over like as you're younger like oh don't go to this party or don't go don't do this don't do this <laughs> i think when we're younger it's kind of annoying like yeah. oh my mm-hmm. god like and then you want to explore yeah and go to those places yeah. but then honestly honestly speaking i'm scared <laughs> i'm like mm-hmm. oh I, yeah i'm not gonna do this that's gonna find out he's been like mm-hmm. yeah i don't have time to be punished right now so i'm gonna just <laughs> not do it um but then as you get older like you just you come into yourself and you realize yeah like these are not things that i really want to do mm-hmm. not because it's been drilled into my head so many times mm-hmm. but because i really just don't want to do it right you learn like the value of you know, keeping to yourself learning more about what it is that you truly want to live your life as mm-hmm. and then it just becomes a lot easier to be like yeah no thank you like thank mm-hmm. you but no thank you like right. i'm good like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm i'm good so what i'm gathering from everything that everybody's saying excuse me is that um 
positive affirmation, speaking to yourself and saying to yourself the things that you want to become. And then also an environment. I think out of everybody's, I I heard environment. environment. Yes, us coming to church and hearing the word of God, surrounding ourselves with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And the Bible does tell us that to surround yourself with like-minded people. It does help you feel like I have people with me that also believe what I believe. Because when pastor always says that we're relational beings and nobody likes to be alone. So if we're out there and I'm the only Christian in my class, I'm the only Christian in my job place, it will cause me to not even want to be vocal about it. But if I have people that I'm with that are also Christians or that that also believe in what I believe in, it it gives you some vim be like to, you know, to say, say I'm a Christian. So what? I could just compare that to you being in a room by yourself, you being with your friends. Like Mm -hmm. when you're with your friends, you tend to be more. You're louder. louder. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, to your point, sorry, about the lifestyle. This is what I believe in. This this is who I am. And I frankly don't want to go. So I love that. So positive affirmations, environment, and be you. Like, just be you. Okay. Can I ask Tony a question? How do you build that mentality to where you don't care Mm. about, like, you know, how people will look at you for saying, nah, like, I don't want to be part of that? Yeah. I think it definitely takes time. Like, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. When I was younger, I really was trying to like fit into the crowd. I used to like like want to be outside all the time and like you know go out. I wouldn't like do anything like smoke or drink because I mm-hmm. even from like young, m- at that age it was because my dad was like, "Don't do it," <laughs> or like you know this is for any action. But I think like as I got older, coming to church and then also mm-hmm. my older sister like mm-hmm. she's really big about do you be mm-hmm. you and like whoever likes it likes whoever doesn't doesn't yeah so i think like just hearing that from her all the time hearing it from pastor all the time and they're kind of just like thinking to myself what really happens if people don't like what you do mm-hmm. or like what really happens if you don't go to that party what happens if you don't drink this thing of alcohol like mm-hmm. what happens like nothing really changes the worst they can do is just not talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. yeah like if you was a friend of something like that they weren't really your friend because exactly. if they don't they didn't value your values mm-hmm. you have to really take the time to understand in this world, if you lose a friend over something trivial as like, oh, I don't want to go to this party tonight, they weren't really your friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I want to bring up is learning how to say no. Yeah. That was, was a gonna, big was thing for me last yes. year. I'm still working on it mm-hmm. as the you know the years go. But I feel like before I was very like, yes, you want to go there? Yeah, let's go there. Or like if anybody asked for help, yeah, you know, I don't mind. But learning, is it, sorry, that's a question. Is yeah. it like a people pleasing thing, or is it yes. like I don't want anybody to to be on my back and asking me for things? And to yes, I'll help you. I think it's a little bit of both, but I think it's more of a people pleasing thing because mm-hmm. I don't like people to come to me and be like disappointed. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. like disappointment in me is like a very big thing that I don't like. Yeah, but I've learned over time, learning to say no mm-hmm. is like one of the best things you could do. Absolutely, it saves you a lot of headache. It gives you back a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. And saying no to people in the beginning might be uncomfortable, but now somebody asked me, I'm very quick with the nose. I'm very, very quick with the nose. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. With the no thing, because I, I I struggle with that. I can be a people pleaser at times. And I think sometimes it's a mixture of I want to give or be sacrificial. And then also, like, I don't want the person to be upset that I couldn't help sure. kind of thing. You always want people to have a good thought about you right. and saying no every mm-hmm. time the person yeah. Yeah. cares about you, they're going to remember the time Yeah, you that you no. said no more yeah. than the times that you ever said For yes, sure. absolutely. So with that, like we're talking about peers now, but just with the no thing, how do you say no to someone in authority? 
someone who you respect and they're asking you to do something and you know that your capability cannot handle this thing, how do you say no? I think for something like that, it takes discernment mm. and just knowing like if you somebody tells you to do something and you know by the time you're finished doing it, it's not going to be a good product or it's not going to be like up to their standard of what they want. Don't even take it on in the first place. Absolutely. For something like that, I would just be like, um, you know, I understand where you're coming from right now. I'm not sure how to do this thing. But if you give me a couple of days or a couple of months or whatever it is, I might be able to help you then. But as of right now, I can't do it. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And then, you know. Be polite, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know your elders are your elders, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like not even elders, like authority. people in authority. Saying no is so beneficial to you as well. Yeah, because it saves you a lot of. Pressure. I don't want to say heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know me beforehand, like I'll be saying yes to like ten million different things, mm-hmm. and I don't have time to do like yeah. focus on a single thing you and the product. Promise and under deliver, and yes. I hate that. Yes. I feel you. Oh my so saying no, especially to people in authority, it helps you out a lot. Um, just because you're able to manage your time better and like what you're giving back mm-hmm. is quality yeah and then they're more likely to come back and ask you again and right. then you know if what you're showing them is quality too they're most likely to recommend you to other people right, as well right, right, right. so it's like the saying no might be hard in the beginning but like at, in the end the benefits outweigh the costs mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. personally absolutely yeah i like how the conversation is going okay so we're gonna go back to peer pressure and then just get a little personal again the show is it, it causes us to like look into ourselves and be vulnerable, talk about things that we have overcome, things that we haven't yet overcome. And I'm just going to ask, put the question on the table, anyone can answer first. And then we'll just like have a conversation that has any one of us experienced peer pressure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess Most everybody likely. has. Yeah. Everybody has. Want to share? College, <laughs> mm. high school, I think it was more so becoming a young adult. Mm-hmm. And becoming a man, that's where a lot of the peer pressure came in. You know, it's hard, especially when, like I said, you want to be included, you want to fit in. Because when you're in an environment, especially for those who are in college right now, those who may be away three hours, Mm. however far, and you're not around the support system you're used to, Mm. that could also be a reason as to why you do things you usually don't do or Mm. things you don't value. So I don't mind talking a little bit about college, but, you know, I found myself in situations where, I usually wouldn't do it, mm-hmm. but because I was amongst the crew that, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing those things, I felt like I should do mm-hmm. it too, because I didn't want to, you know. The only one standing. Exactly. You mm-hmm. want to be the sore thumb, like Chris, yeah, like, like Chris said. Exactly. You know, I think one thing that I started seeing myself do was say, you know, beginning of college, I was doing everything. <laughs> but then as time went on, I was like, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. So even if I was the sore thumb, I was like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is what it is. I love that. It is yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah it takes time, though. It Definitely does. Take, you got to bring yourself to a certain point in your head. Whatever happens, I know that I'm doing what's best for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Anybody else? So I feel like for me, um, probably like middle school, high school, a little bit of college, because my siblings, they were in the Lord and like, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like everything I was saying, they they wasn't with it. So <laughs> I had to find a group that was, mm-hmm. you know, even when they would talk to me, like, I don't want to hear it because I know they're not going to agree with what I'm saying. I knew the people that I was around with, they were going to tell me something I wanted to hear. Right. So I would always be around them. And then, like you said, like, I did, I did everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then 
as I got older, since I was coming here a little bit, mm -hmm. I knew what was right and what was wrong, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to say, yeah, and I didn't want to say what I was doing. So I would always run away from it, but mm -hmm. I knew what was right, what was wrong. And even the people around me knew that Salome doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. So I would always go and come back because I always found myself coming here and then I'm doing good. I'm doing good with God. And then I end up going back. So I knew like, cause I'm like, why do I always end up like back in church? Mm -hmm. So then as I got older, now I'm here. Pure pressure. I feel like I've definitely experienced it, but I can't like pinpoint. Remember. Me too. Like yeah. I'm sitting here trying to remember things I did that someone pressured me to do. Like I can't. I probably have experienced peer pressure, but I can't remember like right now mm -hmm. anything like off the top of my head. Somebody like forced me into doing this thing. Mm -hmm. I think honestly, my peer pressure was kind of subtle. Mm. It's peer pressure and it's a peer pressure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's not peer pressure where it's like grabbing up hands, mm -hmm. like, come on, let's go. And it's peer pressure like subtle, like it's so, not really like, you yeah. know, you have to choose right now, but you can kind of think about it. Yeah. It's and an it's option. Like, it'd be marinating in the head. And then you go back to that bed <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I'll try it. It's always like the, I'll try it. Mm. Like once you start trying something, you get into this habit of keep you keep doing it, yeah. you keep doing it. Yeah. And then you become the peer pressure. <laughs> I feel like eventually <laughs> mm. you become the person in the position of like, oh, you know, come join us. And I, the cycle continues. That was very off topic, but I just feel <laughs> like, yeah. So do we think that peer pressure can be overcome by the quality of the peers we choose? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about in situations that you can't choose your peers? You're, like school, especially like grade school, high school, you're forced to see the same people all the time. So you eventually kind of have to make friends. And even if they're friends that don't share the core values that you have or principles that you have or they believe is right, what you believe is wrong, mm -hmm. how do you then disassociate from those peers but still associate with them? That's where the tricky part comes in, mm -hmm. because if you're around those people all the time, mm -hmm. you're not going with what they do could even lead to bullying, yeah, stuff absolutely. like that. So it's like, what do you do then? Yeah, there's only so much you could do because mm -hmm. sometimes even going to your parents and telling them, there's not be, much they can do. Yeah, those stories are very unfortunate because a lot of times the person isn't doing anything wrong, but they feel like they're the wrong mm -hmm. one, to the mm -hmm. point where it's like let's say like you're in elementary school and something like that happens to the point where you have to relocate and mm. go to another school. Mm. Then it's like, what did I do that <laughs> I have to be life. the one to, <laughs> yeah. What yeah. did I do that I have to be the one to change yeah, schools? Yeah. You know, what did, I, what did I do that I have to be the one to change my class mm -hmm. or whatever when yeah. I'm not the one in the wrong. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. wanted to do my own thing, mm -hmm. but because I didn't go with what everybody else was doing, it led to them treating me somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so your question, is a question that I don't know if there's really an answer. Bullying, there's no age limit. No, not no, at all. There's no age limit. You could be in high school, college, you could be in a professional job environment, you could still experience bullying. Mm. I would even consider things that many people deal with in their workplace, like microaggression, you know, things of that nature that could even fall under the category of okay. bullying, you know, being targeted in certain ways mm. or being said certain things that shows like, oh, this person looks at me condescendingly mm -hmm. yeah. yeah exactly you know that could even be bullying that could mm -hmm. even lead people to do things where or feel pressure to do things that will cause people to respect them mm -hmm. you know or look at them in a better light mm -hmm. or to them a better light yeah i just wanted to uh, get that point across yeah right 
you know, as we were speaking, I was actually thinking about the story of Job. Mm-hmm. When he lost everything, um, his wife told him to curse God and die. Mm-hmm. And then he lost his kids. He lost everything that he had worked for, all his possessions. His three friends came over and they were pretty much trying to tell him, there's no way God will allow this to happen unless you did something. So it got to a point that even though he was fighting against it, there were little seeds being sown. He would say, oh no, that's not why I haven't sinned. I'm a righteous man, blah, blah, blah. But his friends are like, there's no way God will punish a righteous man the way he's punished you. But they don't know the backstory about what happened between Satan and God and whatever. And Job didn't know either. But um, it got to a point later on that outside the three friends, Job started to question God. And he was like, why is this happening to me before God came to him? Like when I made the seas and the mountains, were you there? Pretty much put Job in his place before, you know, there was restoration and everything. So I'm thinking about that with everything you guys are saying, the environment, the people. Pastor always says something that everything we watch, there's a coffee store in our hearts. Everything we hear, there's a coffee store in our hearts. That includes the friends with what you were saying earlier, that there's like a thin line between this. You said there's peer pressure and there's peer pressure. <laughs> in the sense that they're not saying let's go do it but they're saying oh you know you should try this you know whenever you get time and then because it's replaying back in your heart mm-hmm. somehow you find that there's nothing wrong with what they're saying even though you know in your core that it's not in line with your principles and values that was just by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't share my my peer pressure yeah yeah pleasure um <laughs> I think I'll go with you too. Even though I've been bullied, I don't know if I was pressured to. I think the peer pressure wasn't going against my principles, but it was more of just trying to fit in in the sense that I wanted friends and I wasn't having friends. So it's like whatever they would tell me to do, I would do. I think I've shared it before on the episode that I talked about the bullying. They would be like, oh, eat this sandwich. It's PB&J with glue and paper, pencil shavers, whatever. And I'll eat it because I wanted to be friends with them. So it's not necessarily that whatever I knew or stood for at that age were being challenged by the group or the, the people that I was with, but it was more of just trying to have friends. So I don't know if it was peer pressure. I think the only thing that I can say was peer pressure, but wasn't it was pretty subtle was the fact that everyone I knew had a boyfriend or everyone I knew was having sex. So it was like, why are you not having sex? Why are you not in a relationship, whatever? So I did end up going into a relationship. You know, I I think my first relationship, I was 16. Looking back now, 16 is, you don't know anything. You're still living with your parents. You don't know anything about building a relationship. So I think that's the only thing where maybe I say I felt pressured by my peers in school, especially because in at 16, I was about to graduate high school. Everybody had a boyfriend or a long-term boyfriend or like a boyfriend they were going to college with. And I, I was just there <laughs> like doing school and whatever. So maybe that would be mine. Mm. Yeah. So we talked about what we face when it comes to peer pressure in our own lives, our own situations, um, distinctively. But this question goes to everyone. But what did you find helped you to overcome peer pressure? Like, did you even ever overcome it? How did you move past that season where you were pressured to be who you weren't? How did you move past that to be who you are now? Mm. I would say my brother, because mm. looking back now, he would always tell me 
things not to do. But I feel like because we were in different positions, it was kind of like he was speaking a different language. Because mm. sometimes I feel like walking and, you know, God's path is kind of like a language. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he gave me this analogy, like he lives in South Brunswick. I live in North Brunswick. That's like him trying to talk to me, but I can't hear him. Because you're somewhere else. Yeah. Mm. So it was kind of like that. But at the same time, I feel like he was planting a seed Mm. in my life. And so that's why whenever I would go out some of my friends, I always come back because he kept speaking those things to me. Mm. And so as I got older, it took me out of... But I feel like there's still things I go through because, you know, once you come to Christ, not everything goes away, but... I understand the language now, so mm. so it's easier than it was then. Yeah, mm. I would say. Yeah. Do you think that now you still face peer pressure, like in in any way? Yes, I do. But when someone tells me something and I know I'm not supposed to do it, because I knew what I came out of, I'm scared mm. to go through that process all over again. Right, and I right. tell myself, like, I came too far. I'm not like I'm I can't. I I literally can't like. It's like something is some wall. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do it. No. I love that. Yeah. Anybody else? I think I've been saying it over and over again. This episode really having that nonchalant attitude towards people. My <laughs> phrase in life: it is what it is. Like you really <laughs> just be carrying me through everything. If you don't allow something to bother you, it's not gonna bother you. Mm-hmm. But if you keep thinking about things over and over again, you're even planted the seed in yourself yeah. because you want to go out and do this thing but if you cut off the problem at the source it won't grow to be as big of a problem as it, mm. as it could be mm. so I feel like once something comes to you and you know like you're not going to want to do it cut it off right there because mm. it's a lot easier to cut it off at the start than for it to yeah. be growing growing and growing yeah. and then you try to cut it off later Yeah, that's the whole attitude I take towards peer pressure and life in general it is what it is if it happens it happens if it doesn't happen so you yeah. won't die <laughs> Like you're Absolutely. gonna be okay. You're gonna be just fine. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of weird because I don't know if this is peer pressure per se, or maybe, maybe it's like peer pressure that I like inflict on myself. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Because I feel like sometimes, like I, I overthink. Mm. I overthink a lot. Not sometimes, but um, I don't know. I feel it the most in terms of school being in college. Mm-hmm. So it's like some of my peers or like friends, it's not like they're like, oh, you have to do this. Or like, it's not like they put pressure on me to do things. But it's like when you're the only one in the group that's mm-hmm. not doing something, you're the different one. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what I struggle with personally is I feel like I'm boring or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I struggle with that a lot. So sometimes I'm thinking in my mind, should I try these things? Even though I know my heart is not there, sometimes I feel like people probably see me as being boring or mm-hmm. like I don't have a life or, you know, I don't make the most of my college experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think about that and I'm like, I don't know, am I bored? <laughs> I guess as an example, if I'm the only one, I am the only one mm-hmm. in my circle of friends who doesn't like drink or party or do things like that. And it's sometimes like hard for me to relate to them as friends. It's not that my heart is with that drinking or partying or anything like that, but it's just sometimes I'm like, dang, <laughs> like they're having fun doing their thing. And like, I know they call me their friend, 
But at the end of the day, if we weren't in school together, I wouldn't mm, really friends. associate with exactly. you. We don't have anything like, yeah, like yeah. I can't really relate to them. And I'm like, I don't know. I struggle with that. Like, does that make me boring? Like, no. I don't know. No. <laughs> There's a show that we're going to do called The Company You Keep. And literally the company you keep influences you. Even if you believe it or not, some way, somehow they do. Don't you think maybe the solution to that is just to remove yourself from that circle of friends? Or like, there's something I used to say some time ago, and I, I still stand by that, that people around you or people you consider your friends should add value to your life mm-hmm. and not subtract from you. So if I hang out with a group of friends and I go home feeling like, maybe I'm boring. Are they the group of friends that you should be? And you just said it that outside of school, I don't think if I met them somewhere, I'd be like, I'm your friend. So maybe it's just a school thing. You know, so I'm asking based on what you're saying and based on what this show is about today, do you think maybe the solution to that is to remove yourself from that circle of friends? Hmm. That's a good question. (laughs) I don't know. It's not like they're bad people. We're at different places. We have different mindsets. Obviously, they don't think like what they're doing is bad or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. They wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. It's just hard because like. I'm sorry, not to cut you off. What do you feel like your purpose is in their life? Their lives? Hmm. Purpose in their lives. Honestly, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I asked I that to say like, you know, that these people or the people that I'm surrounded with, they're not bad people they are just influenced by the wrong things or Mm -hmm. their eyes haven't been opened to the truth that we see and you feel like i need to help them out but the bible says those who are standing be careful lest you fall i'm not saying they're bad people please don't get me wrong i don't know if your purpose is to want them to see the truth i don't know Mm -hmm. but you don't want to find yourself in a place where you're forsaking your beliefs and your values Mm -hmm. and your principles because you're you're like you know what, I'm overthinking too much. You know what, let me just go ahead and do it. I'm looking at her, but I'm supposed to be looking at you. (laughs) But like for all of us, there are friendships and there are environments that we are in that we really need to sit down and evaluate and be like, are these people adding value to me? Like, are they pulling from me? Are they helping me? What's my purpose? What's their purpose? These are hard questions to ask, but they need to be asked because... There's a saying, I don't, I don't think it's in the Bible. It's like, show me your friend and I'll show you who mm-hmm, you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're not doing what they're doing. But if you're walking with them and I see all of them are smoking, I'm definitely going to assume that you're a smoker. So it's just evaluate. That's what I do sometimes. I evaluate myself. Where am I going in life? The people around me, are they going to help me? Mm-hmm. Are they going to subtract from me? Are they going to pull me down? Are they going to push me up? In their lives, am I doing the same thing for them? Am I just being a leech and sucking out of the people I call my Mm. friends? Am I also adding value? I think these are questions that we need to add. That's something we should have kept for the company Keep Show. But, you know, (laughs) it all all goes together because I think that your environment definitely influences who you are, just going back to that. So that's what happens with peer pressure. You're in an environment that maybe is not conducive for you, but you have to be there. Because I'm thinking about work in school. Because obviously in church, I don't think there's peer pressure. I think there's influence. I don't think there's peer pressure. But in places that we go that we're not surrounded with like-minded people, there's definitely pressure to fall into the, the norm or to follow the status quo. So I think 
what I would say to that, or maybe to answer the question is like to overcome it, you really got to sit down and evaluate yourself and mm. see like, these are my goals. This is where I want to go to. This is what I want to be, especially in the Lord. This is who I want to be in the Lord. The people around me, are they going to help me do that? But I hope you, you do get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like sometimes when you already have a friendship, mm, it's, hard it's hard to, to like it is, <laughs> to it's like true. end it, to cut it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like let it you can let it yeah. fizzle out. Like, yeah. like there's some people they may be watching, but you know. I know. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, it's kinda I don't know. I feel like God has like a master plan for our lives that there are people that he brings you away and there are people he takes out of your life. So sometimes it's cliche, but pray about it. Honestly. Mm. I think that's, that's, I think I'll just say that pray about Mm. it. Cause example, so I had a friend, she became my friend through very interesting circumstances and the lifestyle she was living was different from mine. She was pretty and I liked her. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be very honest. After a while, after like maybe a year of friendship, I started to realize, I was like, this girl doesn't do anything for me. Like literally we, when we hang out, I, I go home feeling dream. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I didn't even pray about it. I was just tired of mm-hmm. the friendship. So I remember she had a birthday dinner, which goes back to what she said earlier, that if someone is offended by you saying no, they're not your friend. She had a birthday dinner and I had rehearsal. So it was like, do I skip rehearsal and go or do I skip her dinner and go to rehearsal? So I went to rehearsal. Girl blocked my number. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't show up to her. She blocked my number. That friendship literally fizzled out right before my eyes without even me asking God about it. So I think in this situation, even though it's, it's hard to let go of any kind of relationship, friendship, romantic any kind of relationship is really hard to let go but again after the evaluation if you really really sit down you say this person is not right for me take it to god in prayer because the bible says that the hearts of kings are in the lord's hands and he turns them whichever way that he wants mm-hmm. to go so the lord can definitely influence the person like i don't think i like Christabel anymore meanwhile you didn't do anything mm-hmm. it was your prayers that changed the person's mm-hmm. attitude take it to god in prayer if you really do the evaluation and Maybe you feel like you have a purpose in their life and you need strength from that to help you maybe stand firm so that you can fulfill that purpose, then go ahead and, and pray that prayer. But if you really sit down, you're like, this person drains me, then pray. It yeah. sounds so cliche, but prayer works. Yeah. And then I'm just after that really quickly. If they do happen to leave your lives, you leave their lives or however it happens, don't feel bad after. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like when you lose front, it's like, what did I do? Yeah. You think about like all the wrong things that you did, but like, I feel like God brings people in your life for a certain period of time to either teach you something yes. or like last you a lifetime. And for if they're not lasting your lifetime, yeah. yeah, then don't feel too bad about it don't like overthink about it too much they were in there for a season mm-hmm. and the season has ended yeah i started a new season mm-hmm. you'll find new friends and then there's always something to learn from everybody mm-hmm. so even if they weren't like the most influential person to you they most likely have taught you something you didn't even realize they had mm-hmm. taught you mm-hmm. so that's my little two cents to throw in the bucket mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah although <laughs> <laughs> i have something to say i'm just trying to word it because okay. the same thing happened to me i had a friend group and like you said, like, I don't know what happened that day, but actually I, I prayed about it towards somebody else, but everybody ended up leaving mm. that I didn't feel anything. Mm. Like, I don't know if it was a prayer. I mm. just prayed it and I ended everything and they just left. And 
You feel kind of free. Yeah. yeah. And I made new friends. Like some burden B comes <laughs> off of you. Like, yeah. And people come and They're go. not your friends if you feel no, burdened they're every time they're, they're around. Like, I, I just, I just have to say that. Yes. Like, they're not your friends. You, and my thing is that just because maybe we're not friends anymore doesn't mean we can't associate mm. or it doesn't mean we can't talk. You have to create boundaries. Mm. I, Think of the scripture, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, that says they are friends that stay closer than brothers. So like my definition of a friend is someone that can uplift you in prayer when you need it, can listen to you be your worst self when you need it. Someone who is not just there for, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking, but can also give to you. And that's my definition of like a, a friendship. We should both be in it together, giving and taking from each other. So if I have a friend that I don't want to be friends with, and maybe I don't want to lose that relationship, or I just have to create those boundaries. That's not someone I'm going to call to confide in. That's not someone I'm going to call to help to pick me up when I'm stranded. That's probably someone that when we see each other at a function, it's like, oh, hey, hi, long time. I haven't seen you in a minute. You catch up right then and there. You don't see them for the next three years. One thing that young people, myself included, doing is that everyone around me is my friend, but it shouldn't be like that. People that are your friends should be those people that transition to families. I think that's a deep friendship. Acquaintances, the associates, we see each other. (laughs) So I think that when we do make that decision to cut someone off, again, like you said, not to feel bad, not to feel like, oh, you know, the person's going to be hurt or I'm going to be hurt, I'm losing now. But again, goes back to the evaluation thing. Just go back and evaluate. Like, is this person someone I can call when I'm stranded somewhere? I have a friend. We've been friends since... Shout out to you, Frida. <laughs> We've been friends since my sophomore year in high school. We randomly met somebody's wedding. She was in a different church. And then they did the wedding at our church. And she was a bridesmaid. So I saw her there. She saw me there. That was it. Then we had a rehearsal. And I remember I was going to be the one to lead praise and worship. And true fact, it was my first time leading praise and worship ever. Like, Ever. So I was nervous. She came to the rehearsal and then I was like, oh, you're from the wedding, right? And then she was like, yeah, you're going to be my new best friend. And I was just like, ew, like, who are you? Kind of thing. Like, what is that? So I remember I was telling her, I was like, oh, like I'm leading praise tomorrow and I'm nervous. And she was like, just start with this song. You are Alpha and Omega. Literally, she gave me the song and everything flowed from there. Like we sang it, then we started singing, singing, singing. Then like we put the song list together just like that. Then come to find out, I was taking the bus with my mom because my mom used to work in Manhattan and my school's on the way too. So we would take the bus and the train together. So we're waiting for the bus and we see her walking and she's like, oh, I live right there. And she's like, oh, what school do you go to? And I mentioned my school's name. She's like, oh, I go to the same school. And I'm like, how have I never seen you? So we'll take the bus together and all that. But Growing from there, she has been a constant in my life because she got to a point where she was like, she was evaluating her friendships. And I was offended by that, where she was like, I had to sit down and think, I'm like, are you conducive to my growth? I was like, me? (laughs) I was like, me, because I felt like I was a good friend. But she had to really sit down and be like, is Karen adding anything to my life? She's like four years older than me. So she was always the one being my big sister, telling me what not to do. She had never really opened up to me. I was always the recipient of of her. So I guess she had to do that. But it got to a point when I matured a little bit more, she would open up to me, she would talk to me about certain things and I would give her advice. So we started to have a friendship that was benefiting each other. She moved to Virginia. I was still in New York. Then 
some way, somehow, a few years later, we both moved to Jersey and we're literally 10 minutes away from each other. And when I had my oral surgery, she's the one I called. She picked me up at 7 a.m., went, went with me, waited for me. When I came home, she stayed there with my brother, took care of me until she had to go home because she's married. She had to go home to a husband. I, I look at that. I'm like, what she did for me, I would do for you. And I know you guys would do that for me in a heartbeat. So I think when you're defining a friendship, you have to ask those questions. Who will wake up at 6 a.m. and say, I'm coming to this person's house to go take her to her appointment and come back and take care of her? Like, those are people you I, you have to consider your friends. Anybody has anything? You didn't actually talk about how you overcame peer pressure. I would say a couple of things happened when I was in college. Mm. One of them, one thing that happened, even though the physical may seem like, hey, it is what it is. Now that I look back, I could see that that was a way for me to mm -hmm. say, yeah, I can't do this thing. And that was getting the RA position at my school. Because mm -hmm. once I became an RA, that was like the thing please, that I could I'm sorry, use. Please explain RA for those who may not know what it is. Um, RA is basically the full term residential assistant. If you're at a school and you're boarding or you're housing at a school, you're like the, man, let's say, floor manager, mm -hmm. you know, or in Ghana, I think they call them uh, prefects. <laughs> Right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, school prefect. Um, school prefect, and they're the ones who in um, charge, in charge, making sure the the residents are doing what they're supposed to do on the floor. They're not making too much noise. They're not partying or doing drugs, drinking, whatever. So, I was given that position my junior year in college, and I did that until my senior year, and then my post grad, I stayed within the residential life field, but. I was like more so like a manager of like the RAs. Mm -hmm. So once I was given that RA position, that was basically my card, my to-go card mm -hmm. to say like, yeah, I can't go out because mm -hmm. I got a, I got duty mm -hmm. or I can't go out because I got to be here for my resident or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And eventually reached a point where if there was a party, if there was something going on, everybody knew like, oh, he's an RA. So like mm -hmm. he has to be on campus mm -hmm. this time or. Mm -hmm. So that allowed me to eventually drift away from some of the things that was going on to a point where I was in my room every night. And luckily I was given the position where the benefits that came with it, one of them was having a room that it was just me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I didn't have to worry about having any other influences. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to worry about being a burden to somebody else. It was just me. So I, I like looking back, I really am grateful for that because mm -hmm. it allowed me to just stay in my corner. You know, of course, that came with its challenges. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you say you don't want to do anything, you sacrifice other things. Yeah, it's a trade-off. You know, it's a trade-off mm -hmm. that could cause you to feel lonely. Yeah. That could cause you to feel isolated, feel like an outcast. Mm -hmm. We have to find out how you can... Substitute what's missing? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And, you know, for me, I also developed a very close friendship, which turned into a relationship during that time, mm -hmm. too. And that also helped me. Hmm. Because it was like, I didn't care what anybody else thought right, anymore. Right. It was just me and that person. Mm -hmm. That person, like, I talked to all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that became that filler for, like, oh, they're having a party at this time. Mm -hmm. nah, I'm good because I know I'm going to be talking to that person. Right, right. I know that we got time mm -hmm. where, like, it's just us. Right. Yeah. You know, things happen for a reason. And even mm -hmm. though in the moment you may not see it that mm -hmm. way, with time when you look back, it makes sense. It's mm -hmm. a puzzle piece. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Wow, that bless you. Yeah. Um, 
I think just one last thing to add, mm -hmm. just to your point about not feeling bad for other people once they've drifted apart. I saw this quote somewhere, I've seen it quite often, I'm not sure who I said it, but it goes something along the lines of, I still want to see you eat, just not at my table. But every time I see it, it's like, yeah, I still care about you, I still want to see you be successful, mm -hmm. just from afar mm. like i appreciate you from afar mm -hmm. and i think just knowing if you happen to bump into each other like you're not spiteful everything is just calm it's right, chill right. it's chill absolutely but yeah that's kind of my what i wanted to add really quickly mm. yeah no, I, 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 wow i like that i think that's my quote for that day from yes. the show i want to i still i still want to see you eat just not yeah, at my table yeah you know, I, I don't think it's wrong to create boundaries with friendships i really don't because sorry oh, i really <laughs> I don't remember. I think your sister posted it. It was some, I don't remember word for word, but I think it was like your walk with God might disappoint the. Mm. You, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't remember. It's making me upset, but she posted something like that today. I reposted it. What she was referring to was <laughs> obedience to God may sometimes require you to disappoint the expectations of others. Absolutely yeah. right. That's a pretty yeah. picture, by the way. <laughs> It's, it's true. So the last question was, if someone's listening or watching and they're at the fork in the road where they're like, I'm dealing with peer pressure. I don't know how to do it. What would you tell them? But I feel like everything we talked about mm. answers that question. And what I took from the show personally is the fact that the Bible says that when a man is delivered from a spirit, the spirit goes searching around mm. and comes to find out if the home is still vacant. Mm -hmm. And if it is, it comes back with seven stronger spirits. I equate that to when we leave the world or when we stop doing certain things that we were doing for the enemy, he leaves for an opportune time. And is it opportune or opportune? I don't know. Opportune? Mm -hmm. Opportune? <laughs> he leaves for a certain period of time <laughs> and tries to come back to see if you're still available. So to occupy that space is to fill it with prayer and the word of God. And I feel like in this topic, when you're leaving a friendship or when you're dealing with peer pressure, I think the the perfect antidote is to surround yourself with like-minded people, yeah. people who share the same core values and principles. For us, our principles and values are found in the word of God. So people that also study the word of God, that also believe the same things that you believe through our journeys, education-wise, career-wise, even our walk with Christ, we have to find those people or, or surround ourselves with people that will help us grow, people that will add value to our lives, people that understand and know the same things because even our conversations, everything that we talk about, everything that we see, everything that we hear, there's something stored in our hearts and it replays when we're alone. So like I'd rather spend my time having a conducive conversation or a valuable conversation with someone who understands what I understand and then let that replay in my mind when I'm alone rather than have a useless, excuse me, say useless conversation with someone and then it's not adding any kind of value to me. So I think for me, this whole thing goes to knowing who you really are. And the only way you can know who you really are is to know God, is mm -hmm. to find yourself in his word. The more you know him, the more you find yourself. Mm -hmm. And in that way, you are able to stand confident and bold. When you get the people around you that have the same mindset that you have, I think that you'll be unstoppable. Like you wouldn't care what anybody's. You wouldn't care. They say, so come drink, but I don't drink. Yes. Yeah. Anybody else? Anything to add? People Sorry. always ask me that like, so you don't go out? Mm -hmm. I'm like, like so that's why I was asking, what's your definition of fun? Because mm -hmm. they're expecting me to say like, oh, parties and stuff. Mm -hmm. No, 
they're like, so what do you do? I'm like, you know, I have my group of people. We go out, but not what mm-hmm. we are doing. Right. And they're just looking at me like I have five heads. Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's true. And when well, they will talk about it the next show, yeah. there's a show, the company you keep will definitely have that conversation. Delve deeper into that whole friendship, choosing a friend. Yeah. Anybody else has anything to say? Uh, what you thinking about? You seem really pensive over there. <laughs> Oh no, I just I think you said it all. It's basically being confident, I guess, in your beliefs and mm-hmm. not letting people cause you to change what you mm-hmm. know is right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I guess we're wrapping up. Thank you so much for listening and for watching today's episode. I know that you were blessed and I know that whatever we talked about, you are going to take a part of it and walk along the journey of life with it. On next week's episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of education. And I am so excited because I have a special guest coming on. I'm not going to say her name yet. You're going to see the flyer. And when you see the flyer, you're going to know that this person is loaded with so much information, so much knowledge, so much wisdom to share with us. To stay connected with The Journey, make sure that you follow us on Instagram, The Journey underscore podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Journey Podcast with Karen Sion. Like our Facebook page, The Journey Podcast with Karen Sion. Make sure you send us a DM, send us a message, comment, so that we can stay connected and so that we can learn from you the way you are learning from us. Remember, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. And the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. Those who are educated don't always lead successful lives, but it's all decided by God through times and through seasons. I love you all. God bless you all. Stay safe, stay blessed, and we'll see you on next week's episode of The Journey. Bye! This is called The Journey, yeah.